Look, in this next case, uh, it hits a little close to home. Hurry, this guy's got some claiming to do, okay? <laughs> this guy who was in the top 40 of 40 professionals in PR magazine, if these allegations are true, he doesn't just have his hand in the cookie jar. He's got his whole body inside the princess cookie jar. He allegedly started stealing from the first PR company that he worked at in 2013 and continued till he left there in 2018 and then joined another PR company in 2018. And what he did was that he would inflate his bills. He would take money and fictitiously give invoices. He would fraudulently bill the company for charges that never happened. And it was a Ponzi scheme because he would take in money to pay back money that he owed to his prior PR firm. Oh, and he just kept it going and kept it going to the tune of about $2,500,000. Yeah. It includes, Suri, taking money that belonged to Megan Fox and Mindy Taylor. Wow. Such famous faces, you know, really big names. He allegedly promised Mindy Kalig in excess of $1.75 million on a ad campaign that the company never authorized or endorsed. As to Megan Fox, it's about $450,000 allegedly that the PR firm owes her for services rendered. The criminal allegation is that it was a mix of greed and a Ponzi scheme, and he just kept it going and kept it going until he got caught. Wow. But criminal charges, though, what is he facing right now? So there is a federal indictment against injury for two counts of wire fraud. For each of those counts, it's a maximum of 20 years in prison. Mm. So here's the thing. This PR guru who put his whole body into the cookie jar, not just his hand, he probably, if convicted, he's going to have a long time in custody to think about whether he should have played the shell game with these celebrities. Garson has pled not guilty to the criminal charges. That case is still pending. As for the new lawsuit, his attorney tells us, we will be filing papers with a court denying the allegations of the complaint. We will, of course, continue to follow this. Kit? All right, Zuri, let's move on to Matthew McConaughey. He's got a New York Times best-selling book out. It's called Green Light. It's a great read full of personal and professional highs and lows. Now, Matthew reveals that after becoming a star doing rom-coms, which I love, he had to fight for that big dramatic role that earned him the Oscar back in 2014, Dallas Buyers Club. At that time when you took the movie that won you the Oscar, if you were being offered 14 million, what rom-com was it? Because I've loved doing all the rom-coms. What did you turn down for 14 million? I was reading it, I'm like, I'm you take done. that one I'm more time. Done, but it was a good one. <laughs> Money wasn't what was motivating Matthew when he decided to stop doing rom-coms. They were easy for him. He was looking for new challenges, dramas. I wanted to find something that made me sweat in my boots. Something that I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with this role, but I'm going to dive in and find out. But unfortunately, drama offers were not coming his way. For the next 14 months, nothing came in. Not one offer for anything. The phone did not ring. And then, after 20 months being away, having unbranded, having not been in a theater or in your living room in any romantic comedy, having not seen me shirtless on the beach, where is McConaughey? After 20 months.
Thomas had been a new good idea, I think, to different directors, financiers, producers in Hollywood, and I started to get offered the kind of roles I was looking for. What would your dad make of your success? I was sad when he passed away, but what a way to go, Matthew. Now, and he called his shot. He told my brother, the rooster and that, and I go, when I go, I'm busy making love to your mother. And we giggle and laugh. Oh, that's a great idea. And damn if he didn't do it. <laughs> What's the advice he gave you when you said, Dad, I'm not going to law school. I'm going to become an actor. He said three of the greatest words I've ever been told at a time, and I sure needed to hear them. First, he says, you sure that's what you want to do? I said, yes, sir. And then he goes, well, don't half ass it. Oh, yes. Thank you, Dad. Now, Matthew is a dad himself. The son's Levi Livingston and daughter Vita with wife Camilla. It's his most important role to date. Your three kids. She just posted Levi, by the way. He's your little twin. He's your mini-me. Levi. Yeah, he's a beautiful young man. One of the most sensitive people I've ever met. Son Vita Albert McCormick. What's Vita like? Oh, Vita's like her name. Like, she is a bright light. And then there's her youngest, Livingston. He's got a incredible sense of humor and has us in stitches often. His kids seem awesome. And by the way, going back to Matthew and the rom-com, he said possibly when asked if he'd ever do a sequel to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. How great is that, sibling? Kit, totally on board for that sequel. And also on board for Brian Cranston's return to TV. Playing a judge on the Showtime thriller, Your Honor, Brian is, of course, best known for his role as Walter White on Breaking Bad, which earned him four lead actor Emmys. But his career started long before that, so he took him down memory lane, starting with the soap opera Loving in the 80s. What I remember is how difficult it was because you would learn a 60-page script overnight. I couldn't help but wondering how you felt earlier when Mike was going on about the date with Shane. And then you perform it the next day, then you throw that out and you learn the lines for the next day. And in the 90s, Brian played Jerry's dentist on Seinfeld. There was an episode where I gave Jerry um, uh, laughing gas. And one of the crew members said, hey, you know what would be funny is if first the dentist took a hit of the laughing gas first and then gave it to him. And I saved it for taping night, and I did it. <laughs> and Jerry busted out laughing, and we kept it in. Brian also starred as the patriarch Hal in Malcolm in the Middle. But as for his iconic Breaking Bad role, he had no idea how big the show would become. No actor knows if something is going to be successful. You just have to go with your gut. It was the same feeling I had about, about your honor. My mind kept going back to it, and that's always a good sign. If I can do this, I can keep you safe if no one ever hears about it. The premise is so simple in a way, but complex in so many other ways. It gets down to a very animalistic response of what would you do to protect the life of your child. It's compelling, it's sentimental, it's sensitive, it's intellectually profound. That's got everything that I want to see. Your Honor airs Sundays at 10 on Showtime. All right, Katie, you just chatted with one of my favorite couples. Well, who doesn't love Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn? These two have been together for 37 years with maybe the longest non-married relationship in Hollywood history. I got to talk to them all about their magic playing Santa and Mrs. Claus in the Christmas Chronicles 2, and I definitely came dressed to impress. Why do you think so many people are fascinated with your relationship? Just the longevity of it, I think. Um, and, you know, there is something about chemistry. 
I don't know whether that's the right way to keep you together. You know, relationships are always challenging, off and on, you know, whatever. And it feels they're very, they're like a good song, the ones that are started together. And there's a, there's also sexual energy, I can feel, that, that does exist even when you're, when you're older. Another key to happiness, they're growing family. Four kids, six grandkids, and one on the way. And it's no surprise the grandkids are loving their grandparents as Mr. and Mrs. Claus in their new holiday movie, The Christmas Chronicles 2. <laughs> Welcome to the North Pole. Santa! <laughs> Our grandkids have been two to 16. So it's a really fun thing that they can go to school and know that their grandparents will be seen by their friends. Sometimes our grandkids actually enjoy these little dangerous escapades. I, I, well, I, I, man. Let's talk about sexy Santa, because Santa's got some flowing hair, and he is working that outfit. And, and that's how it is, Anthony, sexy. You no, know, I can't say that, you know, you don't know why he looks like that.
past performances. And Juilliard trade Viola Davis has an incredible physical transformation, sporting a pair of dentures, which in my opinion rival anything that Rami Malek had to do when he played Freddie Mercury for Bohemian Rhapsody. And with tons of big titles like Dune and West Side Story vacating the 2021 season, films like Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss could be something that bubbles through as a horror Oscar hopeful. And that vacancy clears the path for Jacqueline Pitt. If there was an Oscar frontrunner at this point in the season, folks are already calling out Chloe Zhao's Nomadland. At the center of the film is an incredible but understated performance by Frances McDormand. But more than anything, folks are signaling out Chloe Zhao and the directors and editing chair as a possible Best Picture winner. For my personal pick for this award season, I have A24's Minari. Heather Graham, like a warm blanket. Pretty nice compliment. It's only on access with there, right here. 